it's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you are at work, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope you enjoy this show about the great sport of geocaching. If you are watching live on YouTube, you can be part of the adventure tonight in the chat room and participate with others as they watch the show. If you are listening later, please give it a like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so that you can get all of the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. If you have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. To sign up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Have you subscribed to FTF Magazine yet? FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today. Big thanks to Derek of Baker Six Clan and our featured patrons, Boo Boo underscore one, Kitty Catch. I saw she's in the chat room tonight. Greetings from Australia. Finlay and his Drudge, Seabeck Tribe, Curious KDB, Gene Hunter, Van Gustafson, always messed it up. Van Gustafson, God, I gotta get that right someday. Curiosity Girl, Glowworm 77. Kevin's to Betsy and our new patrons, BA Wags 75, Roomba Cats, Stark AZ, MP Dreyer, Fishing Kitty, Windland Bunch, and Jasper E. All right. Well, let's jump right into show 255 as we discuss Cash Types Part 2. And I'm going to welcome my cohort for the night, this is Derek. Hey, everyone. Of course, they're asking, where's Jesse? <laughs> Jesse is no longer on the show. For tonight. He's... <laughs> oh, yeah, for tonight. For tonight. He's <laughs> at, at a KOA that was supposed to have uh, Wi-Fi, nope. and it didn't. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's traveling. Um, he's traveling back from visiting uh, family and seeing Derek yep. in Memphis. So, And we had a little in- hike. Yeah, you got a, a little hike. Yep. It was 6.6 6, 6, 6 miles. I mean, so it was of the devil. Jesse yes, got poison ivy. We got chiggers. I got two ticks. So I didn't get poison ivy, but Jesse did. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, we got I most of the caches I'd already done. There was a few that I didn't get and got some first stages on a couple of multis. Yep. But we didn't have the, the tools as we we're out there to actually go get some of the other ones. But uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, Really enjoyed it. It was hot. Uh, Memphis felt like he was going to sweat to death. Um, I was fine um, because I live here now. Yeah, but <laughs> so. yeah, he's been in Colorado for so long now. He's, he doesn't have. He's lost his southern uh, humidity <laughs> uh, tolerance. Yeah, put that put it that way. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it wasn't too bad. It was in the nineties, but I think it was. Probably about eighty to ninety percent humidity too those days. Yeah. Um, but 
mosquitoes. Oh man. I think I lost a pint of blood, um, with, from mosquitoes, but, and then oh, of course, yeah. chiggers all over my ankles. Um, I had long pants on, Jesse had short pants and then he got, of course the poison ivy. So Chris, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's caching. That's, that's, that's what that is. It's, I mean, that's why there's those, there's those negative attributes. That's right. <laughs> negative, right. It's a negative attribute. <laughs> chiggers. Chiggers. Yeah. They don't have a chigger attribute, but it's mosquito and biting insects, isn't it? Is that the one? Yeah, maybe that should be one for sure. Chigger should be one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you live in a part of the world listening that, that doesn't have chiggers, then thank you. Lucky. Lucky star oh, my gosh. Yeah. Chiggers, they're really tiny and you can't really see them. And they'll crawl up your leg and they will bite and well, drive you insane. And the thing is, when you finally actually feel them, they're already gone. Then that's it's it's like it, it gets really bad about a day or so later. Yes. And it's they're they're a mite, and actually what they do, they liquefy. It's like they're drinking your skin through a straw. They liquefy it, yep. and that's what is what hurts. Yeah, wear pants. I, I, I do wear pants. It's still got in there. They, 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 I've heard chiggers called the pervert of the insect. Um, <laughs> because they get but into the nether regions and they get into those. They do. Places, they go on. No matter what you wear. <laughs> now, one thing that I do, I don't know if you've done this before, uh, Derek. What I what I tend to do when we go out for things like that is literally take a can, like a whole can of off. Right. And I soak. I basically I take my socks. And I basically soak it in right. off, and then put my socks back on because that usually will keep them. Yeah, Daryl was talking about Jesse wearing pants. Oh yeah, okay, Jesse wearing keep pants. Keep away the poison ivy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That would have been. <laughs> well, he was like, well, "We're doing a trail, so I don't need to wear pants because it was going to be like a paved trail." Well, the caches were off in the woods going to do some bush. Of course, <laughs> yeah. I do not. Tr I do not cache anymore without pants on. And I don't. Want, that sounds weird. <laughs> I do not cache in shorts. Is that a better? That, way to that, put that it? sounds. That sounds but much better. <laughs> Yeah, I always wear I always wear jeans to, to cash in just right. because, and I do I, I basically soak my ankles down in off because it's so bad here. Yeah, um, one chicken of the things are really bad. Right, and one of the things that we actually found here, um, not sponsored, but my wife is a does DoTerra the essential yeah. oils, and there's a product called Terra Shield, and, and one of the geocaching with kids, Curtis mentioned Terra Shield. Not sponsored, um, not sponsored, but really, really works really great. And especially here, I don't know what it is. It, it, it just works really great as the tear shield here. So, Good. um, yeah, I think I was out yesterday for a little bit and I put some on and several of the guys that I was with you know, <clears throat> got, got welted up by mosquitoes and I'm sitting like, I'm fine. You're fine. Yeah. You, you guys are. I was problem. at oil yesterday and got some, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But yeah, all right, let's get into let's do a little bit of news. A little bit of news. Let's see. This is just a little bit of soft news, so it's not like really yeah, not, big. Nothing big. So we got a couple items for tonight. Um, I'll start off and then I'll hand off to Derek. He's got one he wants to mention tonight as well. Um, just a quick reminder, Way Markley is out there. It's available to purchase. I think it's $4.99 for iOS only, I understand, because uh, 
it's sort of the from makers of Cashly. Um, so we're we're working on getting Nick set up for uh, a show a 7.0 because apparently there's a lot of cool things in the next version of Cashly that we can talk about one night. But also wanted to mention tonight about right in the rain discount. So don't forget, we're already past halfway into the month, and this code geocache twenty one uh, is good until eight three. So it is um, geocache twenty one, all one word, and you'll get twenty percent off your order on top of if there are any other discounts. So um, it's only for Geocache Talk listeners. Thank you, Ride in the Rain, for being a sponsor. Uh, Ride in the Rain has such great products. In fact, next week uh, we're going to have Sean on at the beginning of the show for a few minutes to talk about some of the cool new products that Ride in the Rain has come out with. So hopefully that will give you some more incentive to to go out and spend a few dollars, use Geocache 21 uh, for your order, and um, that is well um, well worth it. Well worth it, and also uh, just as a thank you to Right in the Rain, and that lets them know that you know people listen to the show. <laughs> right, right. And people are people are patron pay, will patron them with these codes so that they know that they want to keep supporting our show because of that. So, right. Yeah. That is such a great product. The right and rain. I mean, I use them in a lot of my caches um, and everything. So really, really cool. Um, All right. So the one that I want to mention is we've had uh, Thomas. If you, if everybody remember Thomas from a couple, uh, I think it's about about a month or so ago was doing the geocaching video game. And I've gotten to play it some, and it's, 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 hey, let me tell you, it's really cool. There's just few caches in there right now, but what it's pretty empty right now. And he's really looking for people to play the game, kind of testing it out a little bit, and also to find locations in the actual game when you're playing where you want to place caches. So you get to place a cache technically in the video game. game. So, (laughs) What you need to do is go to his Facebook page and uh, send him a message and tell him that you're you're willing to it. And there's like some forms that you may have to fill out, um, and there's some instructions. But it's at facebook.com tftc or forward slash tftc the game. Uh, once again, that's facebook.com forward slash tftc the game. Go check it out. Uh, get, get to play around. He'll send you if uh, you get selected. You'll send you a key. You'll get to play, um, run around the 3D world. Uh, and, and very interactive. You can go everywhere. I mean, I, I ran off the map the other day, um, <laughs> literally ran off the map and fell off the map um, at the point. I mean, put us to that. And there's some really cool aspects of it. You lost um, you lost your motorcycle. I lost my motorcycle. I had I was riding a motorcycle. I lost it. And so I've been about every day. Thomas and I talk back and forth. I'll be playing and we'll talk back back and forth and adding some diff- different as- aspects of it. So Eventually, they'll be able maybe to respawn your motorcycle somewhere because I was out in a field somewhere and I got off of it. And now I can't find it. You can. There's a drone aspect to it now that you can stop yeah, at a place fly and you a fly a drone inside the video game, right? Which will help you kind of look around a little bit to right. see where you're at. And- yep, um, it kind of gives you a little bit more of the lay of the land. You can. There's an aspect of where you can swim, and he's working on maybe be able to put some underwater caches. Yep. Um, 
There's different some gadgets in there items. that you get to play, yep. and they're not the descriptions on the caches aren't there, but you can kind of go around and play um, and find the different aspects of it. And there's different little hidden things that you can find, but it's a lot of fun. Um, like I said, there's about four caches in there right now. Um, no, yep. the, uh, to answer the Pizza Ninja, no, the motorcycle was not trackable because if it was, I would be able to find it. Oh, that's right. But it's, I've been enjoying it a lot of fun. It's, it's really cool. Um, but go to, once again, go send Thomas a message yes. at facebook.com forward slash TFTC, the game, right. and he'll be able to send you a key if, if you're selected to be able to do that. And um, just let him know that you heard about it here on uh, Geocache Talk. Yeah, perfect. All right. Um, and then also just to let people know that off screen is an enormous vat of beans. <laughs> and I can't even lift it up. That's how big it is. I'll need a. I'll we need don't a, want to be eating it. There's too many beans. It'll, it'll kill everybody. No, but I can't, I can't spill any beans because this vat of beans is so enormous that it's going to take like a forklift. But Okay, so let's put it this way. If I even have a hint that he's going to be spilling the beans, something like this will happen. He's out of the show. I know what it is, but he won't be able to do anything. So just that's exactly. that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, but just just know that there's a lot going on in the background. And uh, no, not the, it's not the original can of beans, though. I've seen the OCB. Uh, I saw that at... Uh, 14er in Chew Woodstock and uh, yeah, yeah all of them Tom every one of them it's a big vat of beans but I can't spill them even some sprouts are thrown into that yeah all right let's get into sort of cash types part two um, something called where I go I don't know what it is so we're moving on all right next <laughs> one is <laughs> If Jesse's listening, he's Jesse like, no. would hate. Yes, Jesse would like, no. Um, where I go caches, GPS-enabled adventures in the real world. They use GPS technology to guide players to physical locations where they can interact with virtual virtual or physical objects. Where I go caches can have different designs. They can overlap. There's There are some cool aspects of, of where I goes that I think we, we kind of we slough off because we're like, eh. I've I've had bad experiences. I know a lot of people had bad experiences with where I goes. We had one where we went through this thing for an hour, probably or more, trying to get to the end of it, and there was no way to complete it. Hmm. So it was frustrating to no end. That it's like, all right, we just wasted an hour of our caching time, right? Trying to do this where I go that can't can be completed. But I mean, I've seen I've seen some that are kind of cool. We did the ones that going caching together. Right. Um, that was kind of fun where you walk around. It's kind of drunken like, sailor one. <laughs> yeah, it was drunken sailor one where you, you kind of walk in. It's sort of like an invisible grid that right. you have to walk around in. Was it like so a six by six grid? I think it was. Yeah, you had to go to different points of it. Different points of it. It's kind of, I mean, there are some aspects to it I can see. Um, you know, so um, anyway. So yeah, that, and I've I've done very few, um, just because every place that I've always been at, there really haven't been a lot of them. So I mean, there's I think the closest one to me here's uh, is over an hour away. Right. Now, Jess, when Jesse was here, we talked about as and that six point six miles about putting one out. 
But and he, I mean, on their website there is a builder that you can go and do and walk you through it, and they've y'all have done shows on it. So, but yeah. I just haven't put one out here. I mean, there's it would be a really cool aspect um, for here because there's so many mysteries in this location. I couldn't do a geo art in town right. with using mystery cash, but I could probably do it with where I goes. Right. And that would be the only way that I, it would actually stick out because there are no other where I goes in this area. Yeah. It's, um, and there are ways you can take, you know, some people are like, Oh, well, the reverse in, reverse where I go on is lame because you can use the, 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 there's an app to, to fit, to read, you know, to give you an answer real quick for it. But I kind of like the one that they did that with, it was sort of a double, it was a double where I go or is a multi where I go in the sense that the reverse where I go. Yes. You can use an app for that. And it took a, took you to a location, but the location wasn't the cash. The lo at the location was like a stage of stage one that you could then take that information and go to the final. I thought that was kind of a cool little twist. Yeah, That, that on, sounds cool. That, that's cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ranger Fox is a builder. There's a couple, there's really two builders that I like. Um, I like his and I like the, the year we go. Uh, it's a Czechoslovakia, I think is right. where it comes from. Yeah. yeah Gary, the, uh, not Gary. Uh, Jesse and I were talking about that one yeah. this last weekend. Here we so. go. That's a good one. All right. Let's dive into the next one, which we'll, I'll talk about briefly. And so one thing, too, I want to preface tonight with, and that is we had a person complain about our cash-type show. And what I kind of wanted to point out was we are mentioning things that are, they're straight out of the help center. So <laughs> there's no, it's straight from geocaching.com. So if you have a problem with it, then you have a problem with geocaching.com and the help center and you can go deal with them. We're not making anything up. We're just reading what's in the notes. Now, um, I don't think I need to point out the fact that there are things we're going to mention tonight that aren't true cash types. They're aspects of a cash right. type. So I think that I don't know why somebody was confused about this because like we, we might talk about the chirp caches. Well, that's not a separate cash type. We know that. More of an attribute. It's an attribute, but it's in the, but, it's, in the notes. it's listed as a cash type in the, in the help, uh, help center. It's in the cash type section. So just remember that. So if you have, if you have any questions, if you're fairly new to geocaching and you're like, well, why can't I do, why can't I put out a virtual? We can, we can expound later on why, but we're not really right. going to get into those kind of things. But there are aspects that we're going to talk about tonight that are just in the notes. So they're in the help center. So we're going to talk about them. So anyway, right. that being said, Next one up is virtual. And I thought this is interesting. I was reading um, again in the help center. Here's the help center says um, some interesting information. I think it's always, it's always, like I said, it's always something fun to go through the help center. Uh, virtual cache is about discovering a location rather than a container. Thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm, right. Kind of like an earth cache. We'll talk about earth caches later too. Um, the requirement for logging a virtual, the, the requirements for logging a virtual cache vary. 
You may be required to answer a question about the location, take a picture, which I thought they took away that as a, as a requirement. I think it's more of you can't take a picture of yourself. You can't be required to take a picture of yourself. Right. Correct. Um, yeah, for for privacy laws. Uh, complete a task. I'm trying to think. Have you ever had to complete a task for a virtual? I mean, what where do you mean by task? I mean, that's, I don't know. That's, you have, it's your, if you're answering a question, that can be considered a task. Well, that's in there. No, answer a question is already in there, though, Derek. Would it be solving a cipher? Would that be a task? I would think that would be, Yeah. Yeah, then so yes, yeah, so that's how mine is. <laughs> yeah, I would think, yeah, so I guess completing a task. I just thought that was cool. I thought, oh, yeah. I would like to see, you know, of course, we can't do more virtuals right now, maybe one day, but if they I come like out the with 3.0, yeah, yeah, maybe hope. Let's cross our fingers and hope for that. Um, in any case, you must visit the coordinates before you can post your log. Oh, here, Direwolf said, uh, like counting the number of red bulbs, light bulbs, oh, red light yeah, bulbs yeah. on a marquee. So that that's would be good. a task. So that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. A task. Good example. There's a thank good you. example. Yeah. Thank you, Darwolf. Yeah. That that is that's a good. Uh, um, and the and those can, if they're done right, I think they can be a lot of fun. Now, if it's just, uh, it's, it kind of falls into that uh, adventure lab. If you do an adventure lab, well, you'll walk away and you'll be like, oh, that was a lot of fun. If you don't do a virtual, if you don't do a adventure lab very well. I think we've all maybe seen these. Right. You know, I'm at a very cool, whatever it could be. That's a very historical location. Right. You know, counting squares. Does what does that have to do with the person that's that is being honored here? You know, at this location, there's a cool statue of this person. Uh, right. And yet, I'm counting squares that don't really fit with it. Now, if the theme, if it carries the theme. Right, then, then I'm okay with it. But if if I'm just counting the the letters in a word, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, well, I think we all have to. We, that's a show for adventure labs. But right. I think if we all do adventure labs, you know, they don't all have to be like that. But I, I do like and sort of like the same thing with virtuals. If if you do a virtual. Uh, oh, Mike's done a multi-virtual. That's a cool idea, too, that's I guess. That's a cool idea. Yeah. That's that's very unique. But it is. Um, I've never done one of those. No, Virtual 3.0 is not the Vat of Beans. Although that Vat of Beans over there has got a lot of cool stuff in it. It does, but it's not that. <laughs> we have no idea if there's a 3.0 or not. It would be cool. That would but, be cool. But don't know. Now, when you were talking about Adventure Labs, I... To me, mm -hmm. an adventure lab, and I've said this in a previous video, to me, mm -hmm. adventure lab is basically a combination of three different cache types to me. Yeah. Virtual, multi, yeah. and a where I go. That's sure. kind of to me, that's what, what an adventure lab is, because it has all those different aspects of it. Um, and then if you have um, and I don't think we have this in our notes, but there's an attribute called bonus cache. And if a lot of these um, adventure labs have that bonus cache that you yeah. can get that. Which, that. Yeah, become very popular. Yeah. Right. We talked about. And that's something that um, Samantha's mentioning. She did an adventure lab that had a real cache as a bonus. Is that normal? Yes, Samantha. That's really becoming. It is. More common. Uh, I think bonus caches used to be not as. I guess it depends on where you're at. I shouldn't say right. I shouldn't be too definitive. Well, on the yeah. bonus cache 
Yeah. On one of the multis that uh, Jesse and I were doing this last week, um, inside the tunnel, there was a little trackable and it was actually for a bonus cash. Cool. Um, we didn't go after it. I mean, we had to do some, we were, we had like another five miles to walk, but uh, we, <laughs> and I don't know where it was. We, I think we pulled it up and it was like, right. okay, that's way off of our path. We're not going to go do that one right now, but I know where it's at now. So, right. but that was just another aspect of bonus cash too. Um, yep. my eventual apps, I don't have bonus caches in it. One, I have I one here in Memphis, um, which I could, but all the 30, 40, 50, 100 people, whatever done now, if I put a bonus cash out, would get to miss out on that. And then the other one that I have is actually in Washington state. I'm not there to maintain it. So, and I'm really big on maintaining my caches. So that's yeah. not, I'm not there to maintain it. My mother-in-law is in the area, but I don't want to put that burden on her yeah, to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. you uh, Jeff is correct. Yeah. They've been around for a while. Yeah. Um, some people do. Uh, and yes, they have to be a mystery, uh, mystery type. You are correct. Um, um, I think that there's, um, I don't there's think they were as prevalent. Oh, mystery cash trackable code. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a good that's idea. A, that's actually a good idea. Um, yeah, there was, uh, I've seen bonus caches before. I just think that we see them more often now because of the adventure, the, the, the explosion of adventure labs and the fact that you can do a bonus cash as part of your adventure lab, you're, we're seeing a lot more bonus caches. So, yeah. Um, okay. So virtuals on June 14th, 2019 and August, August 24th, 2017 geocaching HQ offered a select cache hiders. I was not one of them. I was the opportunity <laughs> dog, <laughs> the opportunity to hide one virtual cache. And then they, they directed to some blog posts, the, blog post to discuss further if you like virtual caches you may be interested in adventure labs or waymarking okay and there's a new app for that <laughs> there's an app for that waymarkly uh okay next in the list 2.12 challenge caches uh what is a challenge cache well let me tell you there's a whole show you, about it you might want to watch a show called <laughs> challenge talk Every uh, every month on thir first first uh, day of the month on first day of the month first Thursday of the month so yeah and challenge talk Jeff in the in the cash line is in the chat tonight yep. so he and he's one of the hosts um, I didn't see Emily in there but she may be out Emily caches a lot so she may be out on the Emily's road somewhere the, uh, Jeff does a lot too yeah he does but he's he usually is back home by this point. Um, a challenge cache requires seekers to find an associate, associated physical cache and to find an additional set of geocaches as defined by the challenge owner. Challenge caches encourage geocachers to set and achieve fun goals. Examples of challenge caches, find a cache every day of the calendar year. Yep, I've got that one. Which is tricky, that's for another show, or find every difficulty and terrain combination can't do a 366 though which is i think no but you can get the coin i have the coin there's a coin by the coin for it but you can't you can't do that one <laughs> there's a yeah weird weird i i i i i'm just 
I know you have to wait four years to complete one, but okay. Anyway, all right, moving and, on. And, and part of challenge challenge caches. If you're wondering, um, yeah. those will be mysteries, mystery caches. Yes. And um, of course, like I said, uh, we have a whole podcast on this, and they go in more detail on it. So we're just they really do. scratching the surface of this. Um, but mystery caches, and a lot of people use those challenge caches to help with their streaks. If they end up getting, they sign it. You can sign, and this is the one that you can sign and put a note on. Um, and before you ever, and then you complete the challenge and then you can log it. That as a found. So you put a note on it and it's really cool. If when you put a note on it and if mm -hmm. you use project PC, it'll actually track it for you, um, right. for when you do it. And then you'll, it'll give you a little check mark if they have, if they've done the correct challenge checker on it. Right. And there's some other, and Jeff can go into a lot more information on that and, um, on challenge talk. So I'm, and Jesse wrote a book on it too. So, I mean, there's so yeah, there's a book about it. You can find that at the store online at the geocache talk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Jeff points out that about the three, six, five is a one year loop. Three, six is potentially four. I understand, but I still think that, I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm over it now. Um, Samantha asked the question, <laughs> do you have to be a premium member to be successful at finding challenge caches? No. Well, no, no, because I have one. There's one out here that I have that you have to have. I'm trying to look at find 1001 caches challenge. And oh, no, that there's not that one. There's one I'm looking. I'm looking at my challenges right now that I've signed. Um, oh, because you can find a one and a half, one and a half and not be a premium member. Correct. It is any higher than two. I think is what it is. If, if you're a premium member, if you're not a premium. Yeah, member, there is a. So, level um, right so this one you have to find this challenge is you have to five find 500 one and a half one and a half difficulty train dt um mm -hmm. to right. be able to do it so you could easily find that and like uh, jeff just said nope basic members can do challenge cash as well um and you just got to find find them and you can if you use project gc you can search for challenges in your area using project gc right. it's easier that way yes um he also mentions about challenge caches can't require premium membership only caches. So interesting. Right. Um, but it does bring up the, why wouldn't you be a premium member? I know that it's 30 <laughs> bucks a year or whatever, but I'm thinking, come on, we can all come up with 30 bucks. Can't we? That's I mean, what it's less than, it's only five cups of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Actually it's well, probably less than that. Right. <laughs> but anyway, four, depending on what coffee you get. You know, go through your couch and find all the pennies and maybe you can come up with $30. But um, that's not really – I mean, I, I just – I know money is tough for a lot of people, but yeah. if you can swing it, it's well worth it. Let's put it that way. So Yeah. All right. Um, and we are going to get into legacy caches a little later, so we'll get into the – the dark side of challenge caches, um, <laughs> the ones that are still out there, the legacy ones um, that you can still claim, but you can't make anymore. Actually, that's for a right. whole. That's for a whole. That's for another that's, podcast. That's for another <laughs> podcast. So, but uh, it is listed on the legacy one, which I thought is fascinating. Here in a minute, we'll get to that. Okay, um, next one is Beacon two point one eight Beacon caches. This one is a real 
head scratcher, I think, for many. I've been doing, I've been casting for 15 years, just past 15, uh, back on the 7th of July, 2006 is when I started. I have done zero. <laughs> I've done I got you beat by beating. one. I got you beat by one. You've done one. Uh, we attempted one because somebody had a Garmin that could do the chirp part, and we couldn't. The cache was like we couldn't find the cache. I think it was right. missing or who knows. Or we just suck at geocaching. That's also possible. <laughs> then that's how we had to do it too. We were right. at a gadget event and there was there's one out there and we had to wait for somebody with a Garmin. Now mm -hmm. there are some others now. There are and and we've actually on Gadget Talk, we've actually talked about one of these, and that's mm -hmm. the um actually a couple of them. The NFC transmitter, which you can use with your phone. Right. So you come up and you can do that. And that works as a beacon. Um, and then also a Wi-Fi router where somebody, some mm -hmm. of the uh, gadget builders are actually putting Wi-Fi routers in there using Raspberry Pi or they're using their Arduino. And you can actually get a little Wi-Fi router that they will have to put in a the URL and get into it, into the router through their Wi-Fi on their phone. And they can get other information to be able to access different parts of it to be able to get into the cache itself. So those are two others. Or of course, radio transmitter. Sure, I, I've that would probably be a little bit more expensive than the NFC one. Yeah, <laughs> you can, NFC anymore. I mean, you can literally. I was seeing if I had one on my desk, but I don't. Um, they're almost they're like a sticker. And you right. can just stick it on there, and you're good to yes. go. So, um, yeah, it's almost like a little bit more expensive of a QR code. Sharon never heard of one, um, which don't don't feel bad because they're very rare. Really rare. Teresa mentioned that there there's an app on Androids that can do a chirp. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, there's supposedly one you could do it on an Apple phone, on an iPhone, but I've never been able to get it to work. So yeah, Darwolf mentions about the NFC setting on your phone. I've attempted that too. And there's an app to change it up. <laughs> yeah, there's an app for like if you're um, Android, it's really easy. Um, but if you're on a iPhone, there's an actual app. And I can't remember the app. I'd have to go back through some other notes to find it. But you can download an app that actually eliminates that because it's the way Apple doesn't want it running all right. the time. Um, so oh, it mentions it's called Chirp. So just in case people, yeah. if you have an Android app and you'd like to try to create one, uh, the app is called Chirp. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, I've seen, and I've actually did, uh, maybe I, I should say this. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a beacon, but I've done a cache where you pull up to a location, you change the channel on your FM, you know, hmm. audio to, you know, one of the low bands, like 87.8 or something. Right. And when you listen to it, it's not very long. It's sort of like how you get Christmas music. Sometimes right. have you ever done that? Um, yeah, there's some, what we call it the Griswold's house down yeah. where we're close to my parents. They, they have one of those really big light shows. Right. <laughs> we have one in town that Susan and I love to go by and sit, sit and listen for a while. Um, and um, you just listen to it on your radio, but it was one like that. And you, you listen, it wasn't very long, but it had a, it was like, it had some music, and then this guy would come back on and go, you know, well, that was Jimmy Dorsey with it. Well, that's probably not. That's probably old. That's probably more old. But anyway, uh, and then they would go, oh, and the coordinates are, and he'd give you part of the coordinates, and they'd do another song, and then he'd come back and go, 
and that was so-and-so, and the west coordinates are, and so I guess it's kind of a beacon, right? I mean, yeah, a, well, this, it's, well it's like it falls underneath that radio transmitter part, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, guess that was, so. so. I guess that would be a beacon. It's not necessarily the beacon that you have to use the Garmin or the Chirp right. to be able to do it. Um, I think it's cool. So, and to answer, somebody said, yeah, it's not it's not native to iPhone. And I'm talking when I tried this, I think it was probably about five, six years ago. There was yeah. somebody was playing around with a chirp for the iPhone and right. I, the app just went away. I don't even think you can find it anymore. I don't even remember what it is. So is the would would it would the you have those gadgets where you, you come up and you you put something on it and it'll open up? Where is that? It's transmitting some kind of information. The NFC or the uh, it must be NFC, right? NFC. It can give you. It can transmit. If, it's it's like a basic little antenna. It can have a. Um, you can put some information on it. It's it's like a QR code where you don't have to use your camera. Is it probably the easiest way for me to explain it? Right. Um. It it you can have. I don't remember how much information you can have on it. Um. But you have those remote lock things where you can walk up and. Oh, that's that's you're thinking of RFID card. RFID. I'm sorry. Yes, RFID is. Would yeah. RFID? Could you use this attribute? I don't think you could. No. Okay, you wouldn't get away with. Well, no, but it. field puzzle, and I, that was mentioned last week. Well, yeah, you know, for us gadget builders, and would be a field puzzle would be how we'd have to mark a gadget cache, and that's what okay. I use. Yeah. Um, and when we're talking about challenges, there's not a lot of challenges here in Memphis, and so. Memphis and I were talking. <laughs> we're like, Memphis and Memphis. Memphis about putting out a field uh, field puzzle challenge cache for basically so you'd be be able to get gadgets using field puzzle attribute. So well, uh, RFID same as NFC. I no, I no, because RF well near field communication. It is a near field communication. Yeah, but I True. I think saying is RFID would be a subset of NFC. NFC it is a more be. broader yeah. term. Yeah. I think you could get away with putting the beacon on the beacon attribute. We're just talking about the attribute, by the way. Right. Yeah. It's just an attribute, not a cache type. Let's oh, just yeah. clarify that. It's an attribute. That. It has an implant. It's got the that you scan and it gives oh, you okay. the, give you his trackable code. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Potential. Yeah. Um, anyway. Beacon caches. Go check them out. 2.18 in the help, the help center. Right. Uh, Remember, go just to clarify, that is a attribute, not a cache type. Right. It falls in the cache type section of the help center. And that's why we talked about it. <laughs> so don't confuse yeah. the two. It's not its own cache type. Right. It falls in the cache type section of the help center. Just there like this next one that we're about to talk about. And it's Camping event caches. Camping event caches. So I did not <laughs> know that this was in the help center. I mean, of all things, I mean, it's, I guess, kind of cool. They put this little section there, 2.19. We're up to 2.19. Camping events. And they actually have rules or, well, guidelines <laughs> for how to do a camping event. Um only one event listing during a camping event is publishable. Why, if only one's if only one event is listing is publishable, why would you make a second event? Oh well, 
I'm picking. I'm nit. I'm picking nits right now. The event listing should occur on one special calendar day that I've that I've seen before. Yeah, and have a set beginning and ending time. Makes sense that you have to do that. This is kind of it's just like is, an event, but yeah, you're camping overnight. But you can only count it. Say you're only counting. You come in on Friday to camp. Yeah, do you count count Friday night as you're camping, or do you count Saturday as the actual event? Or uh, that's that's you can't do. I guess you can't do a multi day event caching or multi day camping trip, and you're counting Friday's one, Saturday's one, Sunday's one. Those you get three, and that's because you're all yeah, camping at one time. Yeah, so they don't want you to do that kind of thing. Where they they don't want you, they don't want you to take an event, make it crossing a, a bunch a bunch of time they want you to pick a calendar day for it right so, yeah um attendees are permitted to log the event as attended okay okay it's an event <laughs> right regardless of how long <laughs> they were there that's another part to it um so i mean it was you kind of want people to go to the camping event for longer than a few minutes but <sighs> By the guidelines, they're not required to stay the whole time. Right. Which I understand if you're doing a camping event, you're kind of wanting to hope that people are showing up and being at, um, that you're not just showing up and leaving to just to get the, get the, the app, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. Cash Canada says, yeah. You only yeah. need to show up. Yeah. Me and that's, too. And I've I've done a an activity or a camping trip with uh, Georgia Geo campers, um, yeah. and there were some that did come in just for the night, on um, because we were at a, a a fort and they were doing some special stuff for us there, right. um, and so they were able to come out for that okay. event, and they're just like uh, some other different things, and that was a lot of fun. Um, not everybody camped. I mean, you know, some of them actually lived in town, so they went and slept in their own bed right. where everybody else was sleeping on the ground sure. or in a hammock or wherever. Yeah, wherever they were. So, I mean, that's, yeah. And then there was dinner and stuff like that. So, yeah, you, that was really fun about that. Yep. And the um, area must be accessible by the public, not limited to campers only. That's another part of the guidelines. Mm -hmm. Also, it is permitted for a campsite to charge a small fee for access to the location. You know, that's something that um, I think comes up quite often uh, in a, how to put this, it is a misconception when you ask a cacher, oh, can you do a cache at a location where people have to pay? Like, nope, you never have to make people pay. Actually, by the guidelines, as long as it's reasonable, then they are allowed to charge for an event as long as the amount is reasonable. And so here's a question. What's reasonable? Right. <laughs> I mean, there's here locally. We, we have, talked about, right. Yeah. You have one. I, here locally, we have an earth cache that used to be free to go, go to. Well, yeah. And it's at the uh, Memphis uh, Arboretum, Mechanical Gardens. Yeah, that's what yep. they're called. And yep. now they've rearranged the exhibit. And now to be able to go see it, adults have to pay $10 to go into it uh, to be able to even just to find the cash to, to Earth Cash to actually log it. So it's $10 a person reasonable. I, I, it 
I mean, money's reasonable to different people. Personally, if I'm just going in there to log a single cache, I'm not going to pay ten dollars to go go do it. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's a little high. But it wasn't like that when it was originally put out, and now right. they've moved that whole exhibit. It's a petrified piece of wood. Now it's in ancient, I don't know, if tree sure. stuff, or I don't know what it, what it, remember what it's called. But yeah, they moved it completely, and you have to go through the entire botanical gardens to get to it. So I don't know. That's that's national yeah. parks. A lot of times, if there's there's caches in there, earth caches and stuff, you have to pay an entry fee to get into right. national parks. So. True. That's true. Yeah. But to me, that seems reasonable. But that's yeah, that, that to me, me that is. Uh, Udak asks a good question about what about a, if it's in a restaurant? Um, uh, HQ will have a big problem about that. I've, if it's I've, actually in a restaurant. I've been event. I've been to events that have been in restaurants. Uh, been to events. Yes. But you're not required yes. to buy food. I was thinking of a cash. Right. There's oh, yeah, yeah. Knew somebody that had a cash that was in a walkway sure. at a restaurant um, going out to a docks and it was completely open air accessible 24 seven. But because it was just right next to about six feet off from a table, they, they pulled it and he had to move it um, six feet, <laughs> put it somewhere else on another wall. Um, right. But that's, that's, yeah, that's, well, and Dave and Karen are mentioning about they drove five hours for one earth cash. It was important enough. I'd pay $10 to get. And that's where the key is, is that if you feel like it's something that to me, it, that it's worth it to you, then I guess right. it's considered reasonable. I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, uh, right. Cash Canada. I mean, I, I would I would spend the $10, but... We're not, <laughs> we're not the normal. Right. Well, and there's we're not the normal people. Now, ten dollars to get into the place, or ten dollars that you have to pay for parking. There, there's another aspect because here, in Memphis, one of the yeah. most favorited uh, Earth caches, of course, one in the top. I think it's probably in top ten or something like that. Is the one at uh, Mud Island? You have right. to pay for parking. Right. So, and yeah, it's, Mud Island it get, is one of the top. It's in the it's in the two hundred one geocaches defined before you die. Shameless plug for the for the book, but yeah, it's in this book because it's an earth cache that is highly favorited, and yeah, you you got to pay to 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 get it. So is it worth it? I yeah, mean, and that's something I think you're going to have to decide on your own, and we can't decide that for you. Yeah, it's one of the well, top twenty in the in the United States that. Uh, you know, so I mean, there's. Cash Canada says great book. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, if you want the, well, we're plugging tonight, aren't we? The two hundred one geocaches worldwide geocaches defined before you die. Then not this version. This is my copy, not for resale. But um, in this book, for all our Canadian and Australian listeners. Um, I have extra, uh, I have Australia's in there, but also um, for Canada, I did a top 20. Oh, wow. Top 20 most popular in Canada. So <laughs> there you go. A lot of them in Quebec, by the way. <laughs> sort of a weird item about Quebec cashers loved to give their favorite points. Right. That's for another show. Okay. 
let's go on to so camping. We got that covered. All right, next one. Teamwork. Two point right. one. Teamwork caches. Because um, we still got to get over to. Let's see, I got ever. Yeah, Everth caches down further. God, we got a lot to go. We got to get rolling. Okay. Um, teamwork caches. This one's a little confusing for folks, I think. It because is because, yeah, we think of them all differently. Teamwork caches in the help center, two point two one says, teamwork caches are created cooperatively by two owners for different areas. This is straight from the help center, so don't don't come crying or don't yell at me. I'm just the messenger. They encourage two geocachers to work together to find a cache in the different areas. Geocachers trade information that leads each to the final container in their own area. Each teamwork cache must, A, have the teamwork cache attribute, which is the two little people high-fiving each other. <laughs> it looks like the, that's what I like. That's the other high-fiving. It looks like they're high-fiving each other. Yeah, the other playing London Bridges. I don't know. Be owned, and you're playing London Bridge, one of the two. Be owned and maintained by a local cacher. Be placed in a region where there is a reasonable number of local geocachers. Wow, what a confusing guideline. What? Reasonable number? What's a, what's a reasonable number of local geocachers? Derek, I know you're going to ask. <laughs> two? I don't know. I don't know. So there will be plenty of partners for everyone. Have a list have at least sorry have at least one additional stage with information needed to find the partner cache and then have all of its stages including posted and final coordinates in the same area see yeah see and i thought to me a teamwork caches is to gain access to the log takes more than one person and on a single cache Right. Um, like I have, I have one that I created yeah, where not Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, that's not a. That's not a yeah, we're not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> it, it's to me, yeah, because I have one. I build a cache that it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve buttons on it that you have to push all at the same time to get into it. Right. You need. And you you got to have at least two people far enough apart. Mm -hmm. Right to be able to do that. And then Chad right. has one that's called, it takes three. I would consider those as a teamwork cache, not necessarily. I, I don't know. That's, and uh, it's, I don't yeah. by what they're saying. It's very confusing. It and is. there's a reason why nobody's not too many people have gotten that attribute and, or it's very confusing. Yeah. Cash can is mentioning there's one in Ontario and one in Germany. I've seen those. In fact, we have on our website, a location where you can work with somebody to create a teamwork cash and is um, that a teamwork cash or is that a partnership not a partner it's not a partnership that's true that's a partnership it's, it's, it's a um God, these are confusing it's not it's not a partnership because don't get teamwork and partnership completely that's right i'm sorry because there is almost confused yeah because i saw cash can mentioned there was a partnership done and that was i believe the one you're referring to yeah. was with uh dinosaur train um which was a tv show that there was a partnership doing there i would have thought the ape cache would have been a partnership one, but maybe oh, that was no, that's out, different. Yeah, it, it is a different type of cache. Yeah, no, attribute, that's even more different cache, than, attribute. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's a that's well, ape is the only kind like that. It was those are caches that are in partnership. Right, with that is a cache type. Twentieth Century Fox, and it is its own cache type. Right, which is 
I would Which, be good, but why can't it be both? A partnership and its own cash time. Yeah, I wasn't pointing out about partnership and teamwork are different. Yeah, right, and they are because you're, what you're talking about is not a partnership cash. No, ape caches are not partnership caches. No, it's its own cash type. Well, Even though they that. partnered with 21st Century Fox. Yeah, it was partnered with, but that's not. Yeah. But that was, but it would happen in 2001, so maybe they didn't have that attribute yet. So it was, that's well, but it wouldn't work for that because that's not what a partnership cache is. Okay. Yeah. True. Partnership caches are what you're talking about, which is, um, yeah, and they're not cash. Yeah, we know. Yeah, they're not. They're not partner. Partnership's not a cash type. It's a partnership is attribute. Yeah. Right. Right. That's an attribute. It's listed. Not a cash type. Yeah, there's listed in the cash type. So, um, yeah. Cash Again. exchange. That's what. That's what you're looking for. Cash exchange. Yeah, cash exchange is another one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that and that's not. That's not an attribute either. That's just. That's separate. That's completely yep. separate. Um, that's kind where cool somebody idea, creates a cache and they send it to somebody else and they get credit for it or in that location that they hide it for them so they can. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But the teamwork attribute, um, like Jeff saying, it, it isn't strictly enforced. When I think of a teamwork attribute, I'm thinking when I think of one, I think of it like you're talking about, like you have, which is like, I can't do it by myself. I need another person there to be able to push all the buttons. Right. And I think but even West Virginia Tim, the one that I don't know if it's the one yeah. the, where you're on the uh, merry-go-round and you guys spin and make the other person throw up to get the glow car out. <laughs> well, he's got one. Yeah, that's true. Cause you couldn't do it yourself. I guess you could, but uh, he yeah, also yeah. has, he has the one where you have to be in, you literally have to have people in two different locations. Right. To, to, to do the, to do the Arduinos to get it to work. Right. So, right. All right. So hopefully we haven't confused people too much. Check out the uh, the show notes or go to the help center. Um, two point one nine and 2.21, Sorry, in the notes, it does talk about the steps, uh, and they have a description of cash in France, cash in Canada, and how you go about finding a partner, completing the cooperative stages, completing the other stages, find and locate the final. So they've got you a description of how to do it. So off you go. Go create one for us, please. Let us know if you do. Geocache talk at gmail.com. Love to hear more about uh, your creating uh, the teamwork. All right. Uh, 2.22 AR augmented reality and geocaching. We're not going to really go into this a lot because we're, we've got a lot to cover tonight. We'll talk about it briefly um, from June 6, 2018, until March 6, 2019, Geocaching HQ conducted an augmented reality experiment. During this time, cache owners were allowed to submit mystery caches that require the finder to download and use an AR app to find the cache. The goal of the experiment was to see how the geocaching community would use AR technology. The experiment is currently on hold and new AR cache submissions are no longer accepted while we evaluate the results of the experiment. This is not the end of AR and geocaching. You can still find the published AR caches and there's more to come. Stay tuned. I thought that was interesting how they worded that too. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay and I've tuned. heard people talk in several different other podcasts. When I listen to the, the geocaching.com one mm -hmm. uh, podcast, with a 
rot shock and all that. And they have, that has come up several times about the AR caches. Yeah. I've seen people do it. I, they, I know they had some when we were at uh, geo Woodstock. Um, yep. I was busy doing some other stuff. I didn't get a chance to do it. I was kind of sitting there watching and laughing at people as they're like dancing around like drunken sailors with looking <laughs> at the ceiling of their phones. Right. Um, um, because I know it also saw cash Canada. He, they've, they said they've never done an AR cash either. Oh, come on down. Come on down. And you uh, have one, right? I got one, got one. Yeah. Here in town. And, uh, it's, it was the first in Texas, but let me tell you, it's not the best one in Texas. <laughs> uh, if you're just into weird stats, you can come get this one. Cause it's the very first one that ever got published in Texas. Um, but it's clearly not, it's definitely not the best, but you go to a location, you pull up, um, the AR app, um, which I'm drawing a blank on. What's the meta yeah, metaverse metaverse. And, um, you, you watch a little video and it gives you the coordinates. So it's right. nothing, nothing spectacular, but, uh, I have kept it. I have kept it going. So, um, so, yeah, they can. He said they said they try one that can be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I've done. I did a really cool one in Hot Springs, Arkansas, as part of an adventure lab, and it was pretty cool. I think um, you just because if you ever done anything with AR, it's got kind of a. I mean, if you're easily impressed by things, which I am, <laughs> then you'll. You're, I'm easily impressed by the. Um, the AR, but you hold, I would, you, you go to this one location, um, and I, you, you know, I held up my phone and looked and you could see, um, on the side of the, of the front of this, of the building, when you held it up, it gave you the coordinates to the, to the, to the AR cache. So you had to go find that. But, um, I thought that was kind of slick. I mean, I thought that was, yeah, that sounds cool. It was kind of it was kind of neat because just the way that they the person put it in to the right the AR, I mean, there's some really cool things that you can do. Again, with metaverse, Owen mentioned about HP reveals gone. I don't know. I never got to use HP reveal. There's some cool things in metaverse. I mean, I I just thought that was right. And I and I know now um, Adobe. If you're an Adobe user like Premiere and all that, mm -hmm. there actually is a for your phone. You can oh, actually create cool. um, AR. And I, I was kind of playing around with it one day, and I had a dinosaur, and Curtis absolutely thought it was the coolest thing in the world. He's I had the dinosaur sitting on the t on the desk or the, on yeah. the table in the living room in the kitchen, yes. and yeah. so you can do it there, and you can do different things. You tap it, it roars, and you're, yeah. so there's it's getting better. And I hope they do bring it back yeah. um, and see what we can do. Cause it could really do some different things now. Has a little um, bit of that Pokemon go feel to it a little mm -hmm. bit. Kind of yeah. where, you know, things right in front of you and you're like, it's, it's right here. It's on the kitchen table. It's so weird. So, I mean, there, there's one called geosenses. So we actually, when you bring it over to a right. tree, it actually finds your physical cache and you have to find it. I don't yeah. know. Call it geosenses. Right. So there's, a, there's one for you. Yeah, there you go. There's one. Uh, Geosense, yeah. So, okay. Anyway, ARs, um, they're out there. They are supposed to all be named AR underscore whatever, just to let you know if you want to search for them, if you're curious, if you want to see all the a AR caches, um, you can do a search for them. 
on here. I'll see if I can pull it up here while we're talking about it. So here, I'll show my screen real fast. We show the you do a search using AR, and uh, there you go. And you go down the list, and it shows you they all have it. See, there, there's mine. It's called AR underscore Oak Creek Park. It was placed on June 7th of 2018. It was last found almost exactly three years later. Yep. Um, it gets a lot of favorite points. I mean, for me, I mean, for this area, some of them get a lot of favorite points. This one's got 128. So it is, it can be a little favorite point machine. 138. There's one, but that's a long way away. That's anyway, a letterbox AR too. Letterbox AR. Hey, there you go. See, what a, what a combo that is. Huh? And that was placed on, on 2019. I don't know if you can. Yeah. All right. We're getting All right. It. And moving on. All right. Moving on. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, okay. Next, uh, let's briefly talk about GeoArt 2.25 GeoArt. Not a, once again, not a cache type. Not a cache type. Or Correct. even an attribute. Nope. But listed in the help center under two point under the 2.25 section called GeoArt. And I didn't know this. They have, They really do have a little bit of... Uh, guidelines. I never thought about it, but they GeoArt does have some guidelines. It says that GeoArt is a collection of geocaches that have their posted coordinates arranged in a way to create an image or spell out a word, but there are some restrictions. Any cache type can be used to create GeoArt. However, in addition to the regular guidelines, some restrictions do apply. Letterbox hybrid and where I go, cache finals should be no more than two miles. Makes sense. That's kind of the standard. Same as a multi. Yeah. Um, not a multi, multi. Sorry, mystery. Mystery. mystery not a multi. Yeah. Correct. Multi caches <laughs> that consist of a virtual waypoint and a projection will generally not be published when used for GeoArt. I thought that was interesting. Little point. Hmm. Multi, I'll say that again just for everybody. Multicaches that consist of a virtual waypoint and a projection will generally not be published. I guess maybe it's too much in one. I don't know why. Yeah. Make it maybe, I don't know. If you need advice about the guidelines of what to know, if your GOR is, well, is publishable, follow these steps, and there's a link in the show notes to information about GeoArt. All right. And we did a show, and when I say we, I mean you, uh, did a show <laughs> right. on how to, how to make a, a GeoArt. And I think Ryan yeah, on it and, of course, Jesse and some other people on it. Now, Jeff uh, did say that it could fall under part of a power trail attribute because a lot of times they could because of sure. it's that aspect of it. Right. But it's not an actual GeoArt attribute, but could be a power trail attribute. Right. I think GeoArts are sort of self-explanatory. They don't really need their own attribute, by the way. No, no. It draws a pretty picture. It draws a picture or, or spells a word or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, so real quickly, 2.26, because we have some other ones to get to tonight. 2.26, legacy cache types. In geocaching, the word legacy refers to something that is allowed to remain active 
based on a rule or guideline, and we joked about before the show, there are no rules. Just I'm not sure what rule they're referring to. It's all guidelines. Um, based on a rule or guideline that has since changed or no longer exists. Even legacy caches should continue to be good examples of geocaching. They remain active. I thought this was interesting. They remain active as long as their owners maintain them and the placement doesn't cause problems in the community. I don't know what happened because the last of the location lists, and I don't remember how many there were, it didn't get down to one. You know, there was a there was a there was multiple locationless caches that were still active, and they just obviously they let the cache owners know, but they basically killed all of them. The last I don't know however many were left, eight or twelve or sixteen, wherever it was, there was an amount, and they killed the end of them. So I don't know, okay. which we talked about before. If if we ever got down to eight or ten or twelve webcams, webcams they if they would do that, kill them. Yeah, Cash Canada says two dozen or so. I think is what he said. A couple dozen? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm thinking they might kill it. So, before we jump a little bit further into this, um, Samantha asked, yeah. what's a power trail? A power trail is a long string of caches. Uh, generally, it's be, it, originally, it was along a power line trail. And it would be every 10th of a mile, there's a cache and people just, it's a, it's a numbers run. That's just really what it is. There's one here um, that goes from Millington to Dyersburg. I know that for those that aren't in the area, that doesn't tell you anything, but it's along a road. Um, and they're basically about every two tenths of a mile going North. And on the opposite side of coming back, it's still two tenths. So it's still one tenth. But you can go get all the ones on the going north, and then you turn around and you get all the ones coming south on the other side of the road. That's so, clever. That's really clever to do. So yeah, to make it easier when you're traveling. So yeah, yeah. very cool. Um, even uh, even legacy caches. You can see uh, legacy caches that cause problems or are no longer supported by HQ are eligible to be archived, regardless of their legacy status. That's probably how those ones fell in. They were no longer supported. So they killed them. I don't know. But there's a listing in the in the show notes, which are also in the that we took from the guidelines. Locationless caches. Since 2006, all locationless caches are closed to new logs on geocaching.com. However, to celebrate the 20th anniversary of geocaching, a single locationless cache will be available and has been available for a while now. Signal the frog. GC8 Frog is available. It's GC8 FR0G is the not an O <laughs> GC code. Is it not an O? It's a zero, isn't it? I think so. I, I we can always type it in. I'm. I, I'll pull it up now. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm on here right now too. I'll do a search too. And the way you get that one is it's a zero. Yeah, it looks like. A is zero. it a zero? Okay. Yeah. The way that you would get that one is by a sign. You have to at a mega. There would be a specific sign that you get a picture, uh, do a selfie with, and you submit that to it. Or a if signals actually at the event, it's a picture with you with actual signal. Right. And now there's actually another one too. Um, yes, GC 
Eight neat. neat. Is it eight? And that your GC neat, isn't it? It's for doing a CEDO. You can do it when you're doing a CEDO, you get a picture of yourself at the CEDO. Yes. Um, so there's a couple of them that you can log. There's, um, again, there's guidelines. If you go to the webpage for those, you will find um, the information about how you to log them. Brian says G8 neat. Yeah. GC8 neat. Yes. So that's perfect. And um, they're kind of cool. I mean, it's, I, I'm kind of glad that they, they've sort of brought back a couple of them. Maybe they'll add some more. Uh, if you go look, there's a little, they all end up, they're all located, it's locationless, but the icon is located in Seattle. I think it's near headquarters. Kermit the Frog does not count. I think, that's what Tom, I think that's what Tom is saying. Correct. <laughs> you cannot do that. Now, if you pick Kermit the Frog up off the side of the road, threw him in a trash bag, and then took a picture. Not alive, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supporting killing Kermit the Frog, uh, but um, yeah, the the GC code GC eight Frog FR zero G. So we're answering Mini Mag's question: What is the GC signals GC code? Correct. All right, that's kind of cool. Let's get uh, oh, and then the other one uh, we want to mention tonight. Uh, in this section is challenge caches and it says no icon. Jeff, you might explain a little bit more on that one. Why does it say no icon? Is there an icon for challenge caches? Or was there used to be? It just says in the notes in the way in the, um, the guidelines, the help center challenge caches, no icon challenge caches published prior to August, 2015 are considered legacy caches and may have additional logging requirements. And there's a link in the show notes to where you can go for those requirements, or I guess they're examples of requirements that require further documentation. And so a lot of the, you'll find, you'll find challenge caches that are what they considered prior to the moratorium, if you ever hear that phrase, what they're referring to is that there was a moratorium on challenges for a period of time, and then they were brought back. And so right. a challenge cache falls into either the before, the before the moratorium or after the moratorium. So if it's before the moratorium, they had kind of their own, there's rules that or rules, guidelines that were followed prior to the moratorium, and there was some after. Go watch Challenge Talk, and you can see all that information. So Right, and those usually don't have the checkers on them. Typically, right. They do not because they didn't have – they weren't required to have them, and a lot of times they didn't have uh, anything to do with those. So, yeah. Now, something – and. I hope this is what this means on Cashly 7.0. We're talking about checkers. Yeah. And Cashly 7.0 is supposed to have the checkers actually built into the app itself. Which is what cool. I understand, which is really cool. Because right now to do the checker, a lot of times you have to jump over to Project GC 
to be able to do it. Now it looks like you might be able to just do it straight from the app on these checkers. So, Pretty um, and I can't wait to hear from Nick that, that to clarify if that's exactly what that is. Cause it's, I'm hoping it is. Yeah. That's what I read in, in there. So just want to make sure. Yeah. And there may be, there may be some folks on tonight um, or even listen, of course, later, but there might be people on tonight who are part of the Cashly oh. beta. It's a puzzle checker, not a challenge checker. Oh, okay, cool. I wonder how difficult it would be to make that other jump, though, now that he's got that one. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. So, anyway, yeah. So, they're still available. I mean, there's there's several. Uh, I think the Texas Challenge is considered that particular cache is, is falls under the before the moratorium. Uh, I don't think you can do the same rules. Some of the rules that were not available then um, are now required. So you'll find that you'll see where there's, you know, and you can still, you know, claim the claim the the cash. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You'll right. just see that there's some. You can't just assume that if you find a cash and um, you go, oh, I want to repeat that. It, you have to kind of double check and make sure that it's not one of the older. Um, one of the older, uh, more before the moratorium challenges. So, right. All right, let's get into Earth caches. Woohoo! <laughs> a favorite of many, a bane of some. Um, everybody. Eh, I, I don't think it's completely split. No, I, I like them. There's just. Yeah. There's not a lot around here in Memphis. And when, when on that 6.66 mile hike, we were looking. <laughs> we might found a place to do one, but we don't know. So we'll, we're going to try and Jesse's going to help me draw it up and put it together. And we'll submit it and see if it actually flies or not. But we'll see. Yes. Yes, we know. Cash Canada. Android is not, a sec- is not second class. We know. It's just apples and oranges. Some people like oranges. Some people apples like and little robots, right? <laughs> apples and little robots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. Yeah. Um, so Earth caches are unique because of well many reasons, but one of the things is an Earth cache provides an Earth science lesson through a visit to a unique geological feature. For example, I don't know how they worded this word. is worded weird in the, the, the help desk or the help center. I keep saying help desk. It's in the help center. For example, an idea is see our list of 11 stunning earth caches. There's a link for that. Or add these earth caches to your bucket list. There you go. To complete the earth cache guidelines. Oh, to complete, earth cache guidelines are available in multiple languages on the GSA Website link available. Here are four guidelines to keep in mind: EarthCash permission. There's information there about the about EarthCash permission, EarthCash page, and how you do an EarthCash page. Also, many many links in the show notes for these items. So you can obviously go to the help center, but if you want to make it quick, you can go directly to our show notes and you'll see them. They'll be up after the show uh, in the show notes section. Earth cache proximity. This is something I think that 
doesn't necessarily um, get thought of a lot. You can place an earth cache near a physical geocache, uh, which is right. It's true, but right. con content is more important than physical proximity. If an existing physical geocache or earth cache highlights the same feature as a new EarthCache submission, the reviewer may reject your EarthCache submission. Uh, we talked about that with GeoAware, um, the father of, of EarthCaches on the show back in February. I think that's when it was, yeah. And he mentioned that there's certain geological formations like in Minnesota that they kind of once you once you do you know a couple hundred of those they're like okay we're done we need more submissions for that um, so there's only five on and I'm joking about this there's only five on um, I just drew a blank of it um, Niagara Falls right yeah right yeah <laughs> or um, Old Faithful that was what I was thinking about <laughs> oh yeah yeah there's certain ones that you cannot. You know, they just like there's already one out there for that. Go find something else somewhere. Right, so, and I I agree um, with some of the people in the chat where they're saying um, it was Teresa that was saying I like them until I'm having to spend thirty to forty five minutes answering a, a questions on one. If you're if I'm having to write a doctoral, doctoral yes. thesis on one, yes, I'm not doing it. I'm I'm sorry. It, I'll go and go. Hey, that's really cool. I'll, I'll go and look at the place. But if I'm having to spend that much time writing it up and because we're sitting there having to write it on our phone. Yeah. I got fat thumbs and that doesn't work out too well. I think you would only if you're somebody like cash Canada, who's trying to do a fizzy grid. Yeah. Of all earth caches. You're going to, if you're going to do a fizzy grid and you're like committed to, to doing an earth cache fizzy grid, you're going to do a five, five earth cache. Yeah. They were saying point. here, they about mm -hmm. died on a 4.53. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that can happen. You got to be careful on some of those because they're they're crazy. Some of those earth caches, but um, so uh, anyway, uh, uh, vacation earth caches. You can submit an earth cache for a location that is far from your home if you visited the site no more than two months before the submission. This is what their the guidelines say. The reviewer may reject the submission if cache maintenance seems likely. In the future, which I don't can't do. I mean, it's an, it's a virtual, so You're right. I don't know why they're putting it in that way. I think they cut and pasted from something else. But another common mistake with vacation earth caches is that cache owners forget to check the local rules for geocaching. Make sure to get the necessary permissions. Yes, something else that. Um, I found I, I put a couple uh, in town here, and what Jesse Jesse helped me to do them. And he said, "All right, you have to do things a little bit differently. You've got to you you have to go get explicit permission for these different locations." And I go, "Oh, okay." So wasn't too difficult, but I had to go contact somebody. So you can't just go, "Oh, I think I'm gonna put an earth cache here." Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Jeff has one in Ireland, so there's an example. And he doesn't have to – Iceland. Document. Oh, Iceland. Sorry, yeah, not Ireland. Iceland. The other I country. But um, now what's interesting about that is that it's the land of fire and ice, so 
there's a potential that his earth cache might disappear someday under the under lava and he would need to archive it then right uh maybe because <laughs> uh, it's on a glacier or on a volcano right <laughs> Is it, yeah well there's a volcano on a glacier yeah kind of it's kind of interesting yeah yeah but um i have seen where they literally had to archive an earth cache because you know <laughs> the mountain slid off yeah the mountain <laughs> slid off and there, that that location was no longer available um the the items were gone so right it, it could happen. It's possible. So it's geology. It does change. Usually it's it slow. Change. Yeah. Usually it's slow, but sometimes it does Some, get sped yeah. up. <laughs> now St. Helen was was slow for a while, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. <laughs> all, uh, almost overnight, it, things change. So um, there's just uh, Earth Cache GC CPR oh, yeah, the the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger. See how he did that? That's really trick. Tricky. Yep. The Lone Ranger. Rangar. The Lone Ranger. Clever. Rang yeah. Yep. Clever, clever. Uh, we talked a little bit about Earth caches. Um, <laughs> Direwolf. Just know that a thousand years from now, you may have to archive it. Yep. You're erratic. Yes, you're exactly right. So. Don't get too attached to it because it may be gone uh, in a millennia. So, all right, um, and we covered we talked about uh, event caches some previously. So, all right, I think we've gone. Dran Gar. <laughs> yeah, but it looks like the Lone Ranger. So yeah. Don't want to ruin did you do thing. another one called High Ho Silver? Right. There you go. Uh, all right, so we're, we're we're wrapping up now for tonight. Well, we have one uh, more cache type that we haven't thoughts. talked about. Go ahead. Which one was that? Which one would you have to do? Event caches. Oh, but, event caches. But then it says for another show. That's for another show. Now we could. Uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit. But, yeah. Um. What was the other one that I was going to mention? Oh, you, you had asked earlier about uh, one of the attributes. Which was the lost and found, right? Uh, that attribute. You're like, I don't have that attribute. Can I create one? It's like, no. Unfortunately, that's a HQ 10th anniversary deal, right? But I think that they should bring back that attribute for 25 or whatever the or whenever they do. <laughs> <laughs> If they do 2022, I mean, at this point... The 2020 for the 2022, 2023. Actually, no, it wouldn't be 2022. It would be 2023. Yeah. No, it'll be... It's it, it's not rescheduled yet. Have you looked to see? I don't think it's been rescheduled. No, it hasn't been. I think they're debating. Maybe I'm just... I'm, I'm just spitballing here about... I mean, it's... At this point, if it goes to next year, you're closer well, to 25 than you are to 20. Well, it's going to be next year. I know, which means you're closer to 25 than you are to 20 now. So should you just just go to 25? Re, yeah, should just sort of reconnoiter and come at it again. This is our 20th anniversary plus three. Yeah, I went to look real quick to see. Uh, 
Tri-Cities is September 4th, in case people are wondering. Um, don't forget about the Georgia. There's, nope. two, there's two this year in Georgia. You're going yep. to both of them. Yep, I'll be at both of them. You got the Jackson County. Um, I want to say agricultural, but it's not. That's not right. It's yeah, no, it is agricultural gadget trail. Yes, um, which is that's going to be out there. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's a kickoff. The maze is there as well, and I've seen some of these gadgets, and they didn't actually have gadget builders necessarily build these. Uh, they've had people that do robotics and w other woodworkers by trade. They're not actually gadget make. Uh, they're not even cashers really. Right. But they have created some of these phenomenal gadgets. That I can't wait to go play with. And they are absolutely huge. I mean, some of them I saw a picture of them. They're like three feet by five feet tall, and it's a, it's a whole cache. And so those look really, really cool. Um, and then, of course, uh, that's in the beginning of September. And yes. then at the end of September, starting that week that goes over to October, is going caching. So going caching, yes. And I will be there, and you'll be there. Yep. And Chad will be there. Right. Bounce, bounce. And Emily. Emily, Emily will be there. Emily Renee will be there. Um, Jeff may try and break the border and get down there somehow. Jeff maybe I don't know. Yeah, Jeff may break the border and come on down. But um, we're we're getting getting ramped up and very excited about the Roaring Twenties. We're going to do a. Can I spill the beans on this? I don't know if we can yet. Can you push the button? <sighs> come on, let me spill the beans. It's okay. Okay, but but we're not going to spill all of them. Not all, no, no, I spill it. I'm just going to go dot. I'm going to go. Oh, no. Gary just spilled the beans. Go for it. So I didn't spill the whole vat. I just grabbed a little bit and threw it on the ground. Um, but we're going to do a special geocache talk show, which is in coordination with going caching, which is really cool. We're going to do a. Uh, fifth, uh, I'm sorry, 1920s style show. Yep. Right we, before the, right before uh, the, the skit, the skit, the, 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 the play the show, on Friday yeah. night, the Friday night play. We're very excited about that. Um, it's going to be gonna a lot be of fun. It's going to be the warm up show. Yeah. We're the warm up <laughs> band for the, but yeah, but we're going to, we're going to do a lot of the old, old school, Sound effects. He's starting to talk too much, so I just pulled him out before he starts spilling too many beans. <laughs> All right, Gary, I'm going to bring you back in. I'm, I'm going to take you out of timeout now, but here you go. I'm bringing it back in. <laughs> so that's that. So I just want to know, you know, I know everybody. Wait, was I off for part of that? I don't. Okay, well, never mind. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, like an old radio show. Exactly. Yeah. That that's all that's all you're gonna get. No more, Gary. <laughs> that's all. There you go. Not the whole vat. <laughs> Just a little bit. Mac is Mike. I can't reach that far. That's why I took him out of the show. That's right. <laughs> I have um, that power. <laughs> again, the the most of the cash types are under the two point two two the two section, we'll call it that. I guess learn about cash types. Um, if you're looking for earth caches, though, they're under the 4.0 part of the help center. In case you're wondering, like, where's out earth caches? You can always obviously search through the, the help center. There's a search function for it. But uh, anyway, all right. 
Um, I think we're done tonight. We are going to be talking more about Jackson County, the uh, the um, the mega. We're going to have Ann Poe on for for a little bit. I think next week. We're also going to have on um, Sean from Right in the Rain. He's going to right tell us a bit more. Right. He's got some cool products he wants to show us that um, he thinks would be great for folks who might be interested in uh, purchasing. So it's always good to hear from the the actual people because they can kind of give you more info. Yeah, we can ask them questions. Like if you're if you really you know, which is great. You can ask them about couple of the products he wants to show. So right. And I'll never week. forget one of when Chad and I were doing one of the right rain promotions for gadget talk, we le literally let the paper soak in the water for over a week and we were still able to write in, in underwater into it with a pencil. A pen doesn't necessarily always write underwater, but sure. we we're able to do, but right rain does have a pen that does. And there's some other pens that you can do it as well, but yeah. you, we actually were able to write underwater right onto the paper itself. So and they hadn't deteriorated. It was really cool. Yeah, great product. So, all right, we'll see everybody um, Tuesday night. Puzzle talk. We're going to be covering some puzzles that are out there that are just lonely. Nobody will ever find them yet. <laughs> so somebody needs to go find them. So that's our show for Tuesday. And so there you go. Check out all the shows, geocachetalk.com to get all the latest. And uh, there we go. We're done. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. May your finds be many and your DNFs be few. May the terrain and difficulty both be less than two and whatever it is you're looking for may it find its way to you and may we all meet again Folks, we hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. Please email us your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, or Spotify, as well as at the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click that subscribe button below and ring that bell notification so that you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. And tell your friends about the show. Get them involved with us in the chat room. And until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Go geocaching.